0: Love Talk Radio.
1: And the music.
2: This is All About Wine, the talk show dedicated to the wine industry since 2009. Featuring winemaker, cellar master, vineyardist, and tasting expert, Ron.
3: Basically what we're trying to do on this program is just trying to educate people and trying to make wine less confusing and more friendly. From coast to coast and around the world. You know, we really have had some some neat people on the program. I, I just, I love that.
2: Post your questions and comments during the live show on our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash All About Wine BTR. Again, that's www.facebook.com forward slash All About Wine BTR. And now, All About Wine is on. Here's
3: so, all right. Our bus Thank you, bus people. Those are our bus people, Cassia. We always have a load of bus people that Got cheer it. in the background for us. So
4: your own hype uh, squad.
3: Yes. yes no, so so <laughs> we uh, welcome to All About Wine. We have a guest tonight. Uh, she surprised us by uh well. Actually, Mike sort of missed it. Long story, we have a guest tonight, and she's already with us. Cassia Shifter, is it pronounced Shifter? Yes, that's correct. Okay. Uh, Cassia Shifter, she is the Director of Restaurant Awards, also Associate Tasting Coordinator with Wine Spectator Magazine. And y'all, if you're listening to this show, you are familiar with Wine Spectator Magazine, which is the one that named us as one of the top 6 blogs on wine for 2020. Yay. But Cassia is also uh first time she's been on a live podcast, so uh she's happy about that. We're happy we got her and we're going to talk to her tonight about Wine Spectator's Restaurant Awards and about her and about anything we can squeeze into the next half hour cuz she's going to be off by 7:30. So, Cassia mm. Welcome to the show.
4: Thank you so much for having me.
3: Thank you. Oh, it Thank is, you. It's great that you're able to come on the show. But tell us about your background. How did you get into wines, and how did you get into Wine Spectator magazine?
4: So my background's actually very long and complicated a little. And I started in the fashion industry in New York and wasn't super happy. So people said, do what you love. And I said, I love my nieces. I have a lot of nieces. (laughs) I said, I love my nieces and I love, like, cheese and wine. And since my nieces already had a really good nanny and babysitter, I had no way of getting paid, taking care of them, really. So I actually started working in cheese, and I worked at Murray's Cheese in the Grand Central Terminal in New York. Wow. And then after I'd learned enough about cheese, I sort of said, okay time to learn more about wine um i took a sommelier certification course it's an intensive course at the institute of culinary or no the icc in the yeah the icc in new york and um got my certification as a sommelier then i
3: did did, yeah yeah. Well we talked about all the certification a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about all the certifications and how tough it is and all that stuff. So that's why, you know, I'm you know, impressed that you did go through and get that. That's good.
4: It was tough. It was actually very nerve wracking. Um, the day of the test, I remember I was taking it and you have to do the service part where in our class we had to open properly open a bottle of champagne. But you also have to go around the table and pretend, you know, oh, you're having dinner with your wife and your brother and his wife. Here's what pairs well with this. They ask you all these questions. It's very nerve wracking. But mm-hmm. I passed. And so then, Good. since then, I actually never, I call myself a non practicing sommelier
0: <laughs>
4: because I. Didn't end up working in a restaurant, but I've used it in other ways and worked in retail um, as well as wholesale and then started at Wine Spectator in the fall of
0: 2015.
4: Wow. So I've been almost five years with Wine Spectator.
3: Oh, very good. And uh, you uh, are now Director of Restaurant Awards.
4: I am, yes. This was my first year. Um, taking it on and and getting the honor to do so. Um, it was an interesting first year, to say the least.
3: Um, yeah, with COVID-19, I can imagine.
4: Yes. That and the challenges of working from home. It was just a lot of stressful mess up until the reveal. And now, you know, the issue is going to be on stands on the 14th. So it's been... Slow, slowing down a little and getting a little easier, but still an interesting time.
3: Uh, for the listeners out there who are not familiar, Wine Spectator magazine every year comes out with their restaurant awards. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they start gathering up information like a year in advance uh, for in
4: December.
3: In, in December, uh, okay. So, so for about six months, they put together this list and what the list consists of is uh well they have three categories award levels award of excellence they have best of award uh, the best of award of excellence and then grand award and uh, it basically it, it breaks it down the award of excellence excellence is less than ninety selections of wine whereas the best award has Uh, around 350, if I'm not mistaken, and then grand award winners typically feature over a 1,000 different wines.
4: Yes, that's true. We don't, the numbers aren't super strict um, always, but it's just a general guideline that that those are the sort of the levels around what we're looking at, because in order to get the higher levels of wine, we, we like to see that, People are very invested in their wine programs and there's a, a vast array of wines for the diners to choose from. And, you know, it goes, it's sort of, they go hand in hand often.
3: And, and also too, I'll, I'll let you expand on this, but uh, the the prices and the food selections and all that stuff, you guys compile so we that, that. Yes. work that so we, too.
4: Yes, we have people. So people start applying in December and then through January, and we gather all the applications, we organize them, and judge. every single application is judged and looked at, um, either by my eyes or our judging panel eyes. And basically we look through and we judge the pricing of the wine, the pricing of the food, certain wine strengths, if a restaurant particularly um, has a lot of Bordeaux um, selections or California, then we'll list those. And then we judge award, what we think the award level should be and if they should get an award, and that's sort of how it goes. And then the judging season happens, It happened in mostly March and then April, which was challenging because it was work from home. Um, yeah. And then, you know, we make our announcements at the end of June because you have to do everything ahead of time in publishing with magazines. Right. Yeah.
3: Now, uh, I, I've always wondered, and since I've got you here, it's a great chance to get the answer. If a restaurant disagrees with your assessment of them, can they challenge it?
4: So that's funny, actually, because that's definitely something I've I've been learning to deal with. Uh, <laughs> uh, I will say it kind of depends. Obviously, if they disagree with the award level they got, they, we can't change it, and we wouldn't change it because that sort of makes us lose our the integrity of the awards. Mm-hmm. Um, but I usually give them a lot of as much feedback as I can, and say, you know. Here's an example. There there was one restaurant that didn't get an award, and they were wondering why. And I pointed out, you know, you have some French wines under Italy, and you have some inconsistencies with how you list, you know, Brunello in one section and then Sangiovese, which is a Brunello, but you list it as Sangiovese. Sort of, I, I'd like to sort of teach them how to, like, because the goal is that we want all restaurants everywhere basically to have amazing wine programs. That's the goal in mind. And we want to be inclusive and we want to teach them and um, sort of, you know, hold their hand as much as possible if they need it um, and give as much advice. So I would say for the most part I give the feedback and, you know, give them advice on what we consider and any mistakes, because that's mostly that's the biggest thing to, for us is if you you need a good selection, but it also has to be like clear and concise for the consumer and that everything from appellation from vintage is listed because then the consumer knows what they're getting for the price it's listed for. Um, no. you know, if, they, if they leave off a vintage, the vi- difference between a 1982 O'Brien and 2017 O'Brien is kind of a big difference.
0: Kind so of a big difference, yeah,
4: yeah. If they are charging for 82 and then they bring you a 17, that's troubling. But So that's, uh-huh. those are the main sort of things that we look for, like presentation. You definitely want to be able to educate the, co- the consumer. Um, but, yeah, I guess so, there was also someone who disagreed with their wine strengths, which is a problem. That's also something we can't really change because the judge went through and saw, oh, and it's not a bad thing. Like, strengths are never a bad thing, so I don't know why someone would get upset, (laughs) to be honest. Because people
3: get upset about everything, that's why. (laughs) That
4: is actually really true. I mean, I've always known, but I'm finding out more and more.
3: (laughs) So you they send you everything then they send you their wine list they send you their menu they send you everything that they do and you guys compile it from there
4: yeah pretty much they send um we require that they send wine list um, and menu because we have to judge the pricing and obviously the full wine list um they also fill out an online form with contact information and that's sort of just like regular normal stuff, and there there's an option to submit a cover letter. Not every restaurant does, but
0: mm-hmm.
4: to be honest, actually, in judging, there's always a lot of added information in the cover letter that's a great way to know you know if they're like what their passion is, a lot of a lot of wine programs or psalms. We'll say, you know, we've been focused really on Napa Valley this year, and we've made a lot of investments in such-and-such such producers and vintage depth. And you just get a sense of of how much they care and how much they're putting into it just from how passionate they are. So I always hmm. find the cover letters actually to be very interesting to read. And
3: So your restaurant's out there make note, send a cover letter and tell them what you are feeling about this stuff. You know, so, uh, the, um, uh, uh the, the wines themselves. Now I, I've been to burn steakhouse down here in, in uh, Tampa and it's, they it's a phenomenal experience. They take yeah. you, you can go on a tour of the wine cellar and, and they have all these wines down there, which is very memorable to see the cellar. And they have also other wines in another cellar that you don't visit. But they, their wine menu, their, their, their wine
0: that they give yeah. you,
3: the menu they give you, does not list everything. So what do you do? You call them and say, hey, you know, you have all these other wines. Also, what range are they? Do you call all these different restaurants and find out more information about it? Or do you just take what they list and that's it?
0: So
4: a place like Burns, I've never been, but they have they have a great list.
3: Yeah, they. it's a great place.
4: And thousands of listings. So I think it's hard to sort of stay on top of and police if they have wines that aren't on the list. I think it's worse if they have wines on the list and they don't have them at the actual restaurant. Um, Because then if people order them and think they're going to get them, or if they put them on to make the wine list look good and they don't actually have them just for our benefit, and that's definitely worse. but we do we make a lot of phone calls um, to all the rest not all the restaurants, but especially all the new restaurants. Um, but I think it's more with the grand award especially, what we do is we actually do full inspections. and so that's a very hard award level to attain because we do rigorous, rigorous like research and debate and at the end of the day, you know, one of the senior editors or judging panel or, you know, someone is appointed to do an inspection of the of the restaurant and goes ahead of time and checks out the cellar, checks out the conditions, checks out the temperature, checks out, you know, the number of selections. They don't count every bottle, but
3: obviously yes.
4: It is a very intensive process. Um, unfortunately this year because of restaurants being we usually do it in in may end of april may and so unfortunately with everything closed and stay at home orders we sadly were not able to do any inspections this year which means Mm. we didn't have any new grand awards but we're very proud of the hundred grand awards from last year, that are still all in the program. They all renewed, and they're all amazing, amazing restaurants that give, you know, out of this world wine experiences. Not just lists, like a full experience. And you know, like you said, take you around, teach you about the wines. It's an extensive wine list with so many selections that are diverse and different vintages and everything. Um, so that's really the highest echelon that we have.
3: And Burns, I I refer to Burns because, well, I've been there and it's local here in in Tampa area, but Burns also has a separate room for dessert, their dessert room, and they offer wines to complement the dessert in there, and they present it there just as well as they present it during your meal, which is really a fascinating experience in itself. So. Uh-huh.
4: Yeah, I mean, we love we just love it when restaurants go the extra extra mile to educate the diners and give them sort of a great experience with wine.
3: And Burns does the time I was the times I've been there, it's always been uh, memorable. So, uh, yeah. once they become a Grand Award winner, do they uh, are they like grandfathered in, or do they have to recertify every year?
4: So, they, yes, they still have to renew their application each year. Um, I, w- I will say I've only been doing this one year. I've been a judge on the judging panel for a number of years, but I've only been the director this year, and, um, you know, it was definitely a particular year and very different. <laughs> um, I think for the most part, you know, to to – Be able to achieve the Grand Award, you're already, you know, miles ahead and have an amazing wine program that it would be hard to lose that, I would say. It's not impossible. I know places have. I know places have also decided, you know, not to reapply. They might be doing renovations for a year and have to apply the next year or, you know, there are various... um, instances where that might happen but for the most part if you have a grand award you would have to make an effort to try to lose it i feel i don't know if i'm oh, to oh. that but
3: <laughs> yeah I, I understand what you're saying on that now it said in the new magazine and by the way uh claudia said that it uh or cassia i'm sorry cassia okay. said that it was uh uh, coming on the fourteenth, I've already received my issue in the mail, and but I have not. <laughs> <laughs> in this it said that a hundred winners in the grand award. Is that the cap, or is that just from last year? No, that's
4: just it's uh, coincidentally a very nice round number that we landed on last year. So.
3: Oh, oh, I see. Okay, so there can be more. There can be less. It's it's not. Yeah.
4: And we actually, okay. we had our eye on a couple of places, obviously I can't say which, but we had our eyes on places and, you know, definitely got a lot of contenders this year um, that I even looked through and set aside in February, um, but then, you know, ev- everything shut happened. down. <laughs> exactly. yeah. So it's just, it's impossible. And I know actually there are a lot of people that are disappointed. Um, I know both restaurants that, you know, wanted to get a grand award as well as diners that wanted to see our new grand award winners. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and I completely understand the disappointment. And trust me, I personally was very disappointed not to be able to go and inspect places and do all the things that get to be done and eat and, you know, there's some perks to it. I don't know.
3: Yeah. By all means, yeah. (laughs)
4: But, but, yeah. it's just it was this year was obviously just a sort of once in a lifetime, hopefully um okay. yeah. situation where sadly, we just weren't able to but
3: the uh, well, when you have to recertify burns, ask for that, and let me know when you're coming down, and I'd like to meet you and join you so of uh, course yeah i'll I'll throw that in now, then
4: uh might ha- it so, might be in a little while though.
3: Yeah, yeah. Make a note, uh, and then when you're coming on the floor to let me know. Okay. Now I'm also looking at this uh all the ones that are listed here, and it has pictures. Do these people mm-hmm. submit their pictures because they want to be in the magazine or do they, do you ask for pictures or
4: so for the most part, um people submit their own photos for grand award winners? Um, we often go the extra mile and either ask for extra art or do photo shoots uh, with them. But, you know, that wasn't this year. Everything was submitted this year electronically, obviously, because we couldn't go to restaurants to take any new art. But, yes, they they submit it. It's part of the online portion. They can attach their photos um, and a headshot. For their wine director, sommelier, whomever, and we—I tr- mean, we love art. So, the more art, the better. And as long as it, you know, is it high enough quality to be printed in the magazine, we're we're going to print it. So.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I noticed Burns Steakhouse does not have a picture on this one here either. It's just only about—I'd say what a. Uh, not even half. Probably a, a third, maybe even a quarter have pictures with them. So, so uh, but,
4: do you mean with the headshots? Yes. So it's tough because a lot of well, a lot of restaurants don't always submit headshots, and then we also need headshot release forms. It's actually a really oh. little yeah, yeah, because okay. you need to credit whoever. Took
3: right. Yeah. I worked as a people. photographer in my, yeah. in my younger days, so I understand that completely, yes. You know,
4: exactly. So it's kind of, it's difficult to get both things from people. But usually, I mean, if there are headshots we want to use, we can always email the people and say, hey, can you just fill out this release form really quick? And there are also always people that, you know, might send the headshot later. And, you know, even if we can't, unfortunately, use it in the dining guide, there are photos we can easily upload to the website if they would like. Yeah. And no. I, mean, I again, like the more art, the better because it just it paints a better picture for the readers.
3: No, oh, it does. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, international. Okay, we've been talking about, you know, the winners across the United States and all that, but international, do you get a lot of entries for international, and how do you confirm and check those?
4: So we do, we get a lot of entries, Um, you know, there are definitely certain places where we get more than others, Um, you know, a lot of Europe and Hmm. um, Asia is represented, and we do call them, actually. We do call a lot of the entries, and obviously we have, if they're renewals, we already have them confirmed. But if they're new, yes, we, we call every entry to sort of verify and confirm. Um, what's interesting is this year we actually are adding a new country to our list of countries represented, and we have two award winners from Hungary for the first time. Oh, Wow. Yeah, so that's exciting. Um, yeah. I mean, there is a lot of representation from resorts and casinos and, you know, sort of big popular tourist destinations, but there are also, you know, especially in Italy and Paris and all around Europe, there are a lot of really great, you know, both well-known but also maybe lesser-known restaurants that have amazing, amazing wine lists.
3: You know, you know I'm just looking at it here you it, it just to uh, name a few here's one from Brazil mm-hmm. and Cozumel and uh, Switzerland yeah. uh, Bermuda I mean it's just it's just amazing the diversity of restaurants that I've I've seen yeah. this list all the lists I've always looked at cuz I've been a subscriber to wine spectator for many many years and it's just it's always amazing to I, in fact I always Make it a a game with myself, looking and seeing how many different countries are represented in, in all that. And it's just so it's
4: funny you ask that because I was just about to say this year with adding Hungary, we have eighty different countries.
0: Eighty! Wow. Yeah.
4: Which I think is really exciting because I and but I think that's also the power of wine. It you know unifies and unites and makes brings people together. And I think it's always a good thing.
3: It is, without question. It's always a good thing to get all the different uh, different areas represented and all that. Uh, these uh, foreign countries, and this is something else I'm always curious about, too, and I can ask. These foreign countries, do their wine lists represent their country a lot, or are they diversified as we are here in the States who represents so, so many it others? It actually
4: depends on where, um, where it is, but for the most part, yes. Yes. Um, a lot of places, and a lot of you know, like the two Hungarian restaurants that we awarded this year had a big focus on Hungarian wines, which is amazing and something that we find you know so unique and fascinating and
0: fascinating. Obvious, yes.
4: Yeah, um, because it's just it's it teaches tourists something new. I'm sure Hungarians already know a lot about wine, their own wines, but we do see a lot of that. Um, There's certain places though in bigger tourist destinations like Shanghai though that have like a big Bordeaux following, um, so we'll, you'll see a lot of Bordeaux and Napa Cab there. But um, most of these places that that do make wine will have a small representation at least of the wines on their list, and and that's something that we love. We love that. We love, you know, like Canadian wines on a Canadian. On a wine list of a Canadian restaurant, you
0: know, right? Yeah,
4: like a kind of a no-brainer. It's like a new. It's why would you, Why wouldn't you sort of represent your own
3: country? Exactly. Yeah, and all these. Well, you know, you got Switzerland here. Like I said, I mean, there's so many little countries around there that they can pull from. That uh, yeah,
4: but they also, would make Switzerland also has an amazing, like, wine scene. But it's just. Not not a lot is exported, so you don't see a lot of Swiss wines in the U.S., sadly, but
0: mm.
4: Swiss wines are also great and prevalent, at least in Switzerland.
3: Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's probably like here in the States, too. You don't see a lot of Texas wines all around the country like you That's don't true. see a lot of any other state because – they just produce enough to feed their own state. And that would that probably be the case with Switzerland. They just make enough to feed their own country. And the few that do slip out probably just go to the countries around them and not yeah. export it too far. And
4: so. that also ties in with, with restaurants in Texas. We love when we see Texas wines on on the menu, yeah. you know?
3: Yeah. because the there's same just-
4: sort of rep your own area, your state, your country.
3: There, there's there's so so many good wines around, and I you know you can imagine going to Texas and to a Texas restaurant and ordering a Texas steak with a Texas wine. That would be uh, the way to do it there. So, (laughs) Uh, Mike, you have any any comments, any questions, anything for Cassia?
1: Yeah, actually, I was going to ask about the the application process, and have you so you have three three different awards. Mm-hmm. And do you apply for a specific award category, and then then it goes from there, or is it do you whatever you qualify for uh, during the process is what you get, what you're
4: so you doing, yeah you, uh, you apply for a general award, and it is sort of whatever you qualify or whatever the judge or judges deem appropriate. Um, there are some new applicants that can attain a best of award of excellence. You know, because they show just a lot of um, promise, but it's so it's it's not like your first year in you have to just be an award of excellence. Um, and also, if you're an award of excellence, it doesn't necessarily guarantee that if you are renewing, you'll get the best of award of excellence or you know the next okay. level. Um, it is obviously, you know the award of excellence is the the first and ent- sort of quote unquote entry level award that's the most diverse and we have the most winners of the award of excellence. And then, you know, best of award of excellence is sort of going, going the extra mile, having that, that breadth and depth of vintage and diversity and representation from all all different styles and, you know, countries and whatnot. And then obviously, as I said, the grand award is just full wine experience, like going the like above and beyond
1: so, um, have you had any that that kind of downgraded, uh, you know, from one year to the next or one application to the next that they just, you know, you didn't cut it this time? But you know, have you had anyone from the grand award, for instance, maybe not make it the next year and, you know, best of the, award or or
4: not in the, not in the time that I have judged has a grand award okay. been demoted. um, I would have to do the research to really look into it. But I think the only thing uh, an instance where a best of award of excellence might go back down to award of excellence is, you know, a lot of times if, for example, Hurricane Katrina, a lot of restaurants you know, got crushed and even though some might have stayed Mm. open, they had to drastically cut the selections and, you know, because they just don't have the money and they don't have the space or wherewithal to be able to invest in that mm. big the big wine list that they used to have. Um, so that has happened sometimes, where people have to cut their selections so low that it's sort of – I mean, it doesn't require us to downgrade, but that mm. would be a, a, an example of when that would happen.
3: Any natural wow. disaster could – well, yeah, it's just,
4: and it's, and I, for the most part, restauranters understand and they sort of are, are like, okay, we get it. We just hope, you know, when we get back up to what we previously were, you'll consider us again. And of course we do, because, I mean, you can see the passion in the wine list, regardless of size, mm-hmm. to be honest, you can. And, you know, you can see the people that take the time to sort of organize their wine list and, Invest in, in interesting, new and interesting wines, maybe, you know, biodynamic wines, organic wines, orange wines, all different types of wines that will educate the consumer.
3: And that's, wow. that's okay. exciting, too. Uh, Cassia uh, said that she had to leave at 7.30, But before you go, Wine Spectator Restaurant, go to winespectator.com slash restaurants for all of you listening out there. It is a complete list of all the awards. Interactive. You can type in a city and it'll show you all the ones in that city. It's got all sorts of information there. If you don't subscribe to Wine Spectator Magazine, do so. It is full of information. I look forward every month to getting my issue. It's lists all sorts of wines. They have a, a very comprehensive wine list of uh that they score every month and there's just all sorts of information there you know it's a a great magazine so uh cassie anything else you'd like to add here uh before you have to run
4: no i think i mean i just again thank you so much for having me um my first live podcast I hope it went okay You did <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fantastic
0: yeah. Yeah. It was I, I, I tried especially uh,
4: hard Not that I have to try hard But I was especially trying to limit Any ums and ers and curse words you
0: know,
3: uh, Hey, if if you, became, if you pass the courses for some day Then you can do this podcast I'll tell you yeah. <laughs> It's a lot I think, easier yeah.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I would say it's still definitely. a little bit Almost as nerve wracking
3: Ah, no, no, no. Oh. we're we're easy. We're easy <laughs> to talk. <laughs> so, well, wow. thank you so much for Thanks. joining us tonight. Again, I remind you make a note if you come down to Burns in the future.
0: Yeah, of course.
3: Get in touch. Uh, I would I love to love to see you and join you and meet you in person. So.
4: Yeah, thank you so much. And also, I'm happy to to do this again sometime.
3: Well, will keep that in mind. Yeah. You know, we, you know and, and future dates are definitely next year uh, yeah. when the new list comes out. But uh, maybe sometime before then there might be some stuff in Wine Spectator or something, and we can get yeah. a hold of you let you talk about it. Let
1: us know. We'll put yeah. you on there. That'd be of great. Course. Yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> awesome. All right. <laughs> Thank you very much for, for being on Thank here. You. We'll, Thank you so um,
0: much.
1: We'll talk you again soon. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Oh, but, there
0: they are. <laughs>
3: there they are.
1: Uh, all right, a little uh, quick thing there,
3: and she's gone. Oh, very good. All right, that was yeah. that was interesting. I, you know, I've always yeah. followed this Wine Spectator list every year. I just I love mm-hmm. the article when it comes out because I look at all the different places and I look at all <laughs> the different wines and the price ranges and all that stuff. And it's always fun. And like I told mm-hmm. her, I look at the different countries, and what'd she say, a hundred and seventy-some odd. Jeez. Eighty oh. uh, yeah, eighty
1: eighty different countries are represented.
3: Eighty different countries. 80. I mean, it's yeah. just, it's just yeah. amazing. It's huge, yeah, <laughs> huge, huge thing. And it's just a it's fun thing. I think Wine Spectator is the only one that does this every year, too. There are other wine magazines out mm-hmm. there. and But I think Wine Spectator, there are the others that do judging and all that. But I think Wine Spectator is the only one that does the restaurant awards every year. And it's pretty well, they, close to the actual. A,
1: just the uh, reach that they have, they have, uh, what is it, uh, 3 million readers worldwide you know mm-hmm. they, and they are the authority on wine i mean yeah why if you're not applying for this and being that you know getting that recognition you know by all means get it, get over to their website and and put in for it i mean it's it's you're you're oh, gonna yeah. reach a lot of people getting in this in this publication definitely um it's it's amazing just their their reach and and how dedicated they are and everything so um
3: and, 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 and simple, the reviews time I mean, interested. Uh, for first-time mm-hmm. entrant, just go to restaurants uh, dot winespectator dot com and there's uh, application form there. That's it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, so. Yeah, winespectator.com dot com forward slash restaurants, and yeah. um, look at the page and 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 see what happens. It's it's a it's a big thing, uh, and to be listed it, in yeah. there is, is a. Huge.
3: <laughs> so I've been um, I've been to some of the restaurants uh, over the years that they have mm-hmm. listed in here, mm-hmm. and uh, not that I can go to them with any regularity because some of these places are rather expensive. But the award of excellence, the lower categories there, I, I, some of those I've been to more often, and it's great. Mm-hmm. They do have a good wine list. They do try to educate you a little bit. They don't have the extensive wine list like, say, a grand award winner would, but it is still a good experience, and that's Mm -hmm. this is a good guide. If you're going to go to a city or something, go to your uh, website, uh, winespectator.com slash restaurants, and you can punch in any city that you want, and it will list all the restaurants that are award winners in there. And wow. you can, yeah, it's just pick out any one you want and all that. <coughs> Excuse me, and um,
1: are they are they? Because uh, I haven't looked at the list yet. Are, are you noticing any? Are they mostly like boutique type restaurants or specialty restaurants, or are we talking like Olive Gardens in it?
0: No, I, mean, they're usually, I don't know.
3: Usually not a a, a, a not chain chains. type thing. Uh, okay. So much. You, you're not going to find something like an olive garden in here because it's it's a chain and there's not, you know, a thing. But, right. you know, it's, well, the grand award winners are, this is alphabetically, they they don't have them in any other order except alphabetically. And, mm-hmm. but they, uh, here is San Francisco, California. Uh, each one of these things what they do is well let's go to Burns since i've been talking about that it says burn steakhouse it gives the address tampa florida it gives a phone number it gives a wine director's name then it gives a list of the one two three four sommeliers that work there and then it lists wine strengths and all of these winners they did have their wine strengths and this is Bordeaux burgundy california Rhone France, Tuscany, Piedmont, Italy, Australia, Spain, and Germany. Wine selections six thousand eight hundred. Number of bottles five hundred thousand, half a million bottles available, wine prices moderate, corkage fee seventy-five dollars, cuisine, it's a steakhouse, menu prices expensive, and then as grand award winners since nineteen eighty one. Excuse me again. So then this each one of them has that information on them. Each one of these 100 grand award winners has that information on it. So you can tell where they are and what they are and what they offer and all that stuff. And Corky's fees, for those of you who don't know what a Corky's fee is, let me explain that quickly here. If you bring a bottle into a restaurant... They charge you a corkage fee. Once you walk in, you hand the bottle to the waiter or the sommelier, and then when you want it, he brings it out to you. He presents it to you. He opens it up, pours it, does everything just like it's their bottle. But they charge you a corkage fee, which basically offsets the fact that you're not buying one of their wines; you're bringing your own in, so they charge you a corkage fee. <clears throat> Excuse me, I got a catch. Uh, <clears throat> Not all restaurants charge corkage fees. Most of them do. Uh, some of them, the uh, more expensive restaurants will charge, like, well, all the ones I'm looking on this quickly, $75 is a, about an average. Uh, here's 50, here's a $25 one. But they all charge Corky's fees for opening and pouring and presenting your wine. Now, you can always call a restaurant beforehand and check with them if they charge Corky's fees, if they allow you to bring wines in and all that. Some of these that are not listed Corky's fees could be because they don't allow a wine to be brought in, which is possible in some of them. They they do that. Corky's fees can get expensive. Some areas... Uh, I've heard Corky's fees jump up as high as $125, which basically is telling you, you know, don't bring it in, buy one of ours. It's going to end up costing you less money anyway. But it, you see, I'm just looking through this while I'm talking and I'm seeing some that do not have Corky's fee. Here's one that's a hundred dollars. It's New York city, uh, restaurant, uh, a lot of them don't have Corky's fees listed, which basically means that they probably don't allow wines to be brought in. Here's one that's $30, and this is in Seattle, Washington. So, if you if you have a special wine, the reason for that is, like I say, if if they are not selling a wine, then they want to be sure that they get something from it, from you bringing it in, because they're, you know, their bread and butter is wine. So that's why they charge Corky's fees but you can always call if you have a special wine you like if there's one that has a special meaning or one that was given to you for a, a special event or something and you want to have it on that event that's call them and ask them if you can bring a wine in they will explain to you what the corkage fee is or if they have one or if you can even bring it in so always check that but uh, this, these awards, it lists everything on this, and I, I've only been to one of the grand award winners, but I've been to a few of the of the uh, award of excellent restaurants. And again, it's it's an event. It's fun. They they talk to you about the wines. They have a lot of wines. They store them properly. They take care of them, and that's another big plus too. If you go on the list, you order a wine from. I don't know, say a 1935 Bordeaux, you, you know that that's going to be good because they have taken care of it from the beginning. And that's an important thing. It's not mistreated or anything. It's to expand on this, the Burns again, Well, I'll talk Burns, since I'm familiar, what Burns does is they have buyers and the director of wine, uh, I see his name. What is it here? Eric Reynolds. Eric Reynolds travels around the world and buys wine, and he buys it directly at the winery, gets good prices, obviously ships it to the storage at Burns, and Burns has the restaurant with their wine cellar underneath, which is the one that you tour. And they point out some of the old wines to you and all that, which is impressive, but they also have another warehouse storage for wines, which is chilled and all that stuff too. And that's where they keep a lot of their wines. You don't, you don't see a half a million bottles of wine in their basement there. You see quite a few, but not all of them. And they have another facility that is reasonably close to the restaurant. So if you order something that they don't have there, they can jump over and get it. But, Going back, Eric travels to, say, Bordeaux, and he goes to a winery and tastes the wines and says, oh, this is excellent. We need to have this in our our cellar. So he will buy a couple cases of it or however many that he wants and has them shipped directly back to the warehouse there. So there's no middleman, there's no hassle with that wine setting in a ship dock for two or three days while it gets ready to be shipped to him or any of this stuff. He, He has it all done directly and so it keeps the wines at the best quality possible. And he travels the world and does this stuff and most of these grand award winners, I would guess, would do the same thing. They get their wines directly from the wineries and bring them in to their facilities so that they're not compromised in any way during the whole procedures and all that. So it's uh, if you if you want to celebrate a special occasion and. You want some way to spend your twelve hundred dollars that you got on rebate uh, from the government? Then pick out one of the restaurants in your area and go to it. It's it's quite an experience, uh, to say the least. It really is a lot of fun, and they obviously treat you well. They know what they're talking about. They know how to present it properly. The the food is beyond approach I mean it's just just beautiful beautiful food and uh, it's it really is quite an experience so yeah. but
1: well, I was looking do you I don't know if you've looked for any any close by to you but I searched 50 miles from here and um, there's a couple that I've heard of before um, no uh, no grand award winners but uh, there's there's a couple of best best of award of excellence. And then, uh, the rest are award of excellences. And, and some of my, I, I really didn't know they were still in business, but like Shula's steakhouse, I didn't know they were <laughs> still around. Um, but, uh, it's just a, a great resource to, to find, you know, what is around you. And, um, you know, it's very easy to search for, for your location and it tells you all kinds of, uh, interesting things there. So, um, oh, it's,
3: definitely it's check great out uh,
1: yeah, yeah, definitely uh, check out, Winespectator.com forward slash restaurants and uh, search your area and um, it can figure it out for you or you can put a city in there. Like, you know, if you're going to be traveling or something, what a great resource. Uh, and you can get all the, uh, the information there, but uh, I, was, I was really looking for something, you know, a grand award winner and think, Oh, I, I know of that place, but nah. <laughs> nah, yeah. Yeah. <neither. laughs>
3: um, well, the one for Tampa area here is, is Burns Steakhouse mm-hmm. is the first one listed. And, uh, obviously it would be the first one listed, uh, but they, uh, <laughs> yeah. And, but then they have quite a few different ones on here. They have a list on the tap area of 34 results. I think you had something like 32 results for the, for your area there, but, uh, they, uh, if I go,
1: 50, yeah, if I go, if I go down 50 miles, Search I, go 12. Any.
3: I just put any in it, you know, <laughs> oh, any. Oh yeah.
0: yeah,
3: Yeah, I went any in award level, yeah. any and uh, hmm. you know, so uh but it's oh, it's a very cool. very good list. I mean, you know, you can wow. you can find just about anything you want in the price range that you want. The price range Two. Let me. You know, if you're looking at this list, and I don't think it Mm -hmm. it breaks it down on this. No, it doesn't. Uh, The one dollar sign is. Let's see. Where did I find this? Cuisine. Here we go. Uh, It says in the magazine, cuisine type is provided by the restaurant, indicating the style of food served. Menu prices determined by the judges, and that's what Cassia was just saying. They go through and look at it. The pricing categories are based on what a typical guest would pay at dinner for a two course meal. Now, two course, salad and entree, uh I I Ooh. guess. Price does not factor in tip or beverage. The categories are defined as follows. Inexpensive is less than $40. Moderate is 40 to 65 and expensive over 65 or 66 and more. So three, $3 signs on that list there is going to get you over $66 and they're saying from this per person. So, <laughs> so it's, it can, like I say, take your, take your rebate check there and, and go out and spend it at a restaurant. And you know, these restaurants are hurting now. Let's, let's, let's hit on this for a yeah. minute too they've been closed now for two months or longer just now starting to open up a little bit and it depends on the area you are in this country and where you are and they're just starting to open up a little bit now and the distancing is still in there and it, it just they need the support of all of this because some of these restaurants are, are definitely hurting uh, Cassia mentioned The hurricane in New Orleans, uh, COVID nineteen is going to affect a lot of these restaurants. I think next year's list compared to this one may be substantially different because uh, I really do honestly believe it's going to take effect on a lot of restaurants. So, you know, we'll see.
1: Um. Let me see where else I was going here. Okay. Yeah. I was just making sure I was still on that page. I, I keep scanning the area looking for places.
0: Yeah,
3: <laughs> Mind boggling. I I mean, keep, keep playing with it. You know, and you sit there and you, you click that. on something and you go, oh, and you you're, you lose your thought into that. And then you go, oh, well, that's yeah. right. I, I know. I was, I, was, I was doing that too.
1: Yeah. But well of yeah, information I, here. It's no, really it's cool how they do that. Cool.
3: And that's mm-hmm. just that, – that's yeah. on – the, the restaurant page here now, I mean, if, if you want to go back to just winespectator.com and mm-hmm. without the restaurant, there is a bunch of information on that too. Like I say, and I said this while she was well, – Cassie was on, but I will say it again. Wine Spectator magazine is a great magazine. And mm-hmm. it, it really – if you're a wine person – then it really is something that you should be getting every month to peruse through and look at the articles and look at the things I have. And it, it basically, it doesn't talk a, a, at a level where you're going, Oh, what do they talk about? It is really, is well put together and it's got some good articles. And they, it's worldwide and they got food and everything else. If you, if you've never subscribed to Wine Spectator, it is worth it. The yearly subscription, I think it's like fifty nine dollars a year. It is a little expensive, but it's it's worth the money. I <laughs> and I was thinking about something the other day, and I just thought about it again now since I was saying that. You start looking through here on. Let me find a page, and I will mutter and say things and all that, uh, so I won't have dead air while I'm flipping the pages here trying to find what I'm looking for. But. Whenever you're you're looking at a wine magazine or a uh, well any any type of food magazine or anything like that, you always come across these these foods like yours. Uh, well, let's see. That's that's not saying. Oh, I can't. Restaurant speakers are doing all this stuff, but you you always find all these exotic meals and these exotic dishes. You know, uh, lamb with uh, capers and with uh, some uh, uh, lemon sauce, or you know, uh, rockfish with this or that, or it's just always here. Pinkerton avocados with pea shoots, toasted pine nuts and um, prosciutto. I I mean, all that. that. Raspberry jam bars with uh, pistachio crumbles. We don't eat like that. Most people don't do this stuff. I mean, you know, sure, every once in a while we'll jump out, we'll have ourselves a a nice meal or something, or we'll, we'll pick up something. But most of the time, Everybody's just their basic dishes and stuff like that. And I was thinking it's great to pair up uh, different wonderful foods with different wonderful wines, and you're going to get yourself this wonderful taste in your mouth and this wonderful balance and all that. But the stuff that most people eat, you know, chicken uh, and different types of chicken, uh, hamburger, hamburger helper, all this stuff. These are the foods that people eat most of the time. And I don't know, maybe with the lockdown now and everybody in, they might spend more time making fancy meals, but i rather doubt it. You're going to have something simple. So find yourself wines that are simple that will go with it. You don't need to spend a whole lot of money on the wines. Keep the wine simple, keep them to the point where you can enjoy them. If you're going to go out, go out to one of those nice restaurants, do something like that, then get your nice meals and stuff like that. Don't go out to a nice restaurant and say, okay, well, bring me a meatloaf. You have meatloaf at home. You don't need to do it at a restaurant. And bring me a, a, a simple wine that I have all the time because I know what it tastes like. Don't do that either. Enjoy something different. But when you're at home, Match up your food and your wine. Simply, you don't need to go crazy. It's and there's so many different wines out there at a reasonable price. Tonight I'm enjoying Seven Deadly Zins. I love this wine. It's nice. It's made with Zinfandel. Called Seven Deadly Zins out of Lodi. One of my favorite go-to Zinfandels, and it's just it's just always. Reach me it's I think it's under twenty. I might even be under fifteen if you can find it on sale and stuff. A great wine. These are the wines that match up well with what you're having at home. So enjoy those and then you know, your big different ones. Unless you really feel froggy one day and you want to sit down and you want to make one of these big fancy recipes, go for it. And don't use one of your simple wines on it. Jump out to the store and pick up something that's going to match with it. But otherwise, just enjoy simple wines and, and with your simple meal. That's yeah. just best way to do it. So, oh, okay. I'm yeah. off my toolbox for that
0: now. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. uh,
1: <laughs> very interesting. Um yeah it looks like these are all either centered around orlando or west orlando and then the rest are around tampa
0: so
3: yeah, um, yeah there's a lot of them there yeah, yeah west orlando you know you have uh, the theme parks there you got a lot of them around the theme parks yep. you know. yeah
0: yeah <clears throat> yeah quite a
1: bit huh neat list i like that um Yep, check it out uh, winespectator.com winespectator dot com forward slash restaurants and um uh, search your area and uh, if you visit them, uh, come back and let us know what, what your experience was like. I'd like to hear about Yeah.
3: It. <laughs> really good point, Mike. Thank you. That is a good point. If you do go to any of those, drop us a mm-hmm. line and you know, all about wine one oh one at gmail dot com and
0: like to mention yeah,
3: yeah, we'd like to know how the experience I'd I'd was like for you. That.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um Okay, let's see. What do we have? Time-wise, eight o'clock. Um, eight o'clock. Oh.
0: Okay. Wow,
1: I didn't know what. Uh, yeah. What your what your uh, additional information status was, or or what <laughs> for the entire- I, know.
3: I Well, <laughs> yeah, you know, I was preparing for the. I was having things to talk about and stuff like that for the show tonight. Mm-hmm. and Then you said we got a guest, and I go, oh, well. So I That's just great. quit gathering <laughs> up information. Yeah.
1: Yep. And we have a guest uh, next week as well. It looks like so we'll uh, we, put that we up do. on the next next show list. Yeah, that'll be good. So um, July sixteenth is next week. Yes, July sixteenth at seven p.m. You can uh, join us for that. We'll have another live guest for you. And um, I don't know if you want to announce who it is now or
0: oh, we can just, announce. It. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah, go ahead.
3: <laughs> it's Rudy, and I believe Rudy, Rudy is yeah. also from Wine Spectator. Am I not mistaken hmm. on that?
1: Uh I have Demeter Demeter? Demeter?
3: Oh, okay. Yeah, know. okay. Rudy's from uh I've got so many emails here. Let me Yeah see if I can't find I'm trying to... Ruby is that's my confusion there. Ruby was right. the one that's gotten in touch with us about Cassie and of the ones there. And right. Rudy.
1: This one is uh... Rudy
3: is, yeah, Rudy. Oh, yeah, that's my confusion. Uh, Rudy yeah. is uh, confirmed for the 16th. Uh, he is. They say he's quite busy now, but he get back with us, and uh, we might. Biodynamics. Uh, he is biodynamics. In fact, yeah, he is on the board for biodynamic. Uh, part of the certification board for biodynamics. So that should really be fun, uh, mm-hmm. talking to him and, and you know. I mean, we've talked about biodynamics. If you want to do a little homework before you listen to the show, go back to mm-hmm. archives and there's there's a couple of shows we've talked about biodynamics. One, well, a few years ago that we the whole show was dedicated to how it's done and all that stuff. But we've hit on it quite a few times. So Rudy is going to be on. Telling us about Biodynamics and what it, you know, what the certification involves and and all that stuff. In fact, I just, let me pull this up here if I can find it. And I'm, let's see, where am I on this?
0: Uh, He is
1: is the uh, chairman of uh, the Board of Directors for uh, Demeter Association. And um, one of, uh, he's called out as Oregon's beloved uh, biodynamic mentor.
3: Huh. There you go. That'll be, yeah,
1: interesting. I just the, found it on the, the site. And there's a
3: picture. Yeah, yeah, it'd be nice to have one. I don't.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: The yeah. Biodynamic Association and Demeter USA has unified, Biodynamic Association and Demeter Association have unified. They became, uh, they joined together, uh, first started to do it in 2018 and they have now joined together as one organization. And uh, Rudy is part of the Demeter who is now part of the Demeter Biodynamic Association uh, organization, um, Marchesi, M A R C H E S I, Marchesi, I guess it is, uh, Rudy Marchesi. But uh should be fun. Biodynamic, we've, we'll talk- we've talked about that and before. We'll- so it's going to be fun to get someone
1: have him on uh, next uh, Thursday, so uh, we'll look forward to that as well. And uh, let me get ready for our exit here. <laughs> Too many windows. Um, I want to thank everybody for uh, tuning in again, and uh, we look forward to having you with us uh, next Thursday again with our special guest. Uh, thank you, and uh, join us on uh, social media. If you're on Facebook or Twitter or any of the other ones, uh, we're uh, twitter.com or facebook.com forward slash wine. BTR, or you can find all that information and more on the website at www.allaboutwinebtr.com. And we really appreciate that. If you follow us when you're on those uh, social media sites, don't just lurk, (laughs) but uh, follow us. It's a big help. Thank you. And we'll see you. I don't know if Ron is still, Ron, are you still there? Ron. I think I lost Ron. I don't hear you, Ron, if you're talking. That's odd. I know he's in there. Still connected. Uh, Interesting. Hmm. Let me see if I can hear this uh, part. Yeah, I hear that. Okay, I heard the applause, so... Ron is uh, cut out. Um, I'm going to go ahead and close the show down, and and we'll see what happened here. But uh, every once in a while, (laughs) that happens. But uh, luckily, it lasted. We were good till the end of the show. So uh, thanks again on behalf of Ron and myself, and uh, we'll see you all next week on All About Wine.
2: Drink responsibly, and we'll see you next time on All About Wine.